0: We're going to be in Matthew chapter 18 today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and be turning there. Matthew chapter 18. We're wrapping up a brief series that we have done this summer called Summer Stories where we've looked at various parables of Jesus. Uh, If you were with us last week, um, you know that we looked at the parable of the prodigal son or the parable of the lost son. And we looked at um, really how great God's love is for us, His uh, forgiveness is toward us, uh, even when we tend to go our own ways from time to time. And uh, today we're going to be kind of looking at the other side of it. I've entitled the message this morning, The Necessity of Forgiveness. and We're going to be looking at the parable of the unforgiving servant, beginning in verse 23 of Matthew 18. Now before we dive too deeply into it. I want to spend time just reading the parable so it can kind of put us in frame of mind of what we're talking about, and then we'll go back and uh, explore the context of this together. So, again, we'll be in Matthew chapter 18. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them out. Um, if you don't have a Bible, uh, there should be a Bible in the pew there in front of you. Matthew 18, and we're going to begin in verse 23. This is Jesus' teaching here. He says, For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he didn't have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Well, then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, Pay what you owe. Well, at this, his fellow servant fell down and began begging him be patient with me and I'll pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what, he, what was owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed, and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then, after he had summoned him, his master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly Father will do to you, unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. Father, as we look to this parable today, I pray that you would help us all consider our own hearts, our own relationships. Lord, help us to consider what you've done for us. And as we think of this today, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to your word to receive it. Lord, help us not only to do that and to know what your word says, but help us to live it out in obedience. Be with our time and your word together this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever had a time where you have gone shopping and you needed someone to help you from the store, maybe for whatever reason, uh, but you come to that point in having to ask for help, and you begin looking around and you see someone who you think might work there, but for whatever reason, you're not totally confident. And, you know, we've all probably been in that experience where we've asked someone to help us and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't work here. Maybe you've been asked for, to help somebody and you've had to say you don't work there before. Well, when you begin to try to assess if someone works at a store, typically you look for certain indicators that they would work there. Maybe they're wearing a name tag that shows their name and, and that they work there. Maybe they're wearing some sort of vest, some sort of uniform. Uh, most all of us would look to see if the action they're doing matches that of a worker, right? We would see if we see somebody stocking a shelf or maybe straightening up some things, we would think, oh, yeah, they, they work here. Uh, maybe in how they are walking around the store, how they carry themselves. All of these things would be maybe indicators if they work there. You know what? I was thinking this week, if someone had to look for indicators in the life of a Christian to say, is this person a Christian or not? One, if they had to do that with you, what would be some of the things they would look for? And two, would they infer from those things that you actually were a Christian, As we think about what those things may be, I mean, we could look to, you know, someone may say, well, does that person go to church? If they go to church, maybe they're Christian. Uh, Do we see them maybe wearing a Christian t-shirt or wearing a cross necklace, something like that? Uh, Perhaps we might look for, uh, does that person uh, maybe carry their Bible around with them, or do we see them pray at lunchtime? Those are all things that we would look for, how they treat people, their kindness toward other people. And as we look for these things and look to what the Bible says should be uh, markers or indicators of someone who is following Christ, certainly all these things are true. But as we look to the Bible, one of the things that comes up over and over and over again is that if you are a Christian, you are willing to forgive, especially when it comes to forgiving other believers. Now, here in Matthew 18, we see a Parable that tells us plainly that Christians are forgiving people. And Jesus is going to caution us and warn us of what happens if we don't forgive, but He's also going to show us the importance of forgiveness. And I want to set first the context of Matthew 18. I want you to go back, if you have your Bibles open, hopefully you do, I want you to go back to the beginning of the chapter and kind of look at the flow. Of Matthew and what he's talking about here, and, and the groupings of, of Jesus' teachings here, and what Jesus is continually talking about. We see first in Matthew 18 a question of who is the greatest in the kingdom of God, or what makes someone great. And one of the things that Jesus says that makes someone great is their humility, willing, be, being willing to serve one another. So we see humility talked about. Then from there, we see what's called the parable of the lost sheep, where Jesus is talking about His care and concern for His children, His followers. Then we see in verse 15 through verse 20, instructions on what we may call church discipline. But if you have the Christian Standard Bible, you'll notice uh, it actually says restoring a brother. Because the emphasis is not so much on the discipline or wanting to kick people out of the church for their sins. The emphasis is on wanting to see people repent of their sins. And so as Jesus is teaching on the importance of helping people see their sins, repentance of their sins, and those kind of things, then you have this question from Peter in verse 21. Look at what he says. Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? as many as seven times, you know, he, he's kind of asking, you know, what if somebody does something over and over? You know, how, what if the same person offends me over and over? How many times should I forgive them? And Jesus' response here, look at what he says. He says, I tell you not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven, or your translation may say 77 times, but what Jesus is saying here is you are to be a forgiving person, being willing to forgive the same person over and over and over and over. Why? Because one of the markers of a Christian is someone who forgives. Now, as we talk about this today, I want to be very careful. Uh, One of the things that uh, was brought to my attention time and time again uh, in seminary is being very careful about providing counsel or counseling to specific situations that People who listen to your sermons may be going through. Now I'll just say, you know, I'm I've been here going on my sixth year, and I know many of your stories. I know some of what you all have gone through in your lives. And I know that as you think about relationships and people you've encountered, some of the things have gotten messy. And for some of you, you've gone through some deep hurt, maybe even some trauma, maybe even some abuse. And so as we think about those things, while we look at the Scriptures and you're still commanded to forgive, I want to recognize that depending on different situations, that forgiveness may look a little different. may take a little more time to work through, those kind of things. And so I want to be careful and sensitive to those things this morning. But the Bible over and over is clear that people who have been forgiven by God will desire to forgive other people. And the reason we desire that is because we, if we are in Christ, we have the minds of Christ. We think like Christ and his mind, his heart, who he is, is about forgiveness. And so I want to show you from this parable some ways that you are acting like Christ, having the mind of Christ when you choose to forgive the people around you as we think about this, I want to look here at this parable. Again, remember the context. Jesus is going right into this teaching on emphasizing the importance of forgiveness, and that's why he says in verse 23, for this reason. Because you are to forgive over and over, here's the reason why. The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So now we see the characters in this parable that Jesus is telling. This is a story that Jesus is trying to give us to emphasize an important part of his kingdom. And he gives us the characters of a king and his servants. In particular, he talks about one servant who owed the king a huge sum of money. Look at what he says. He says, uh, the king was settling accounts. And in verse 24, when he began to settle accounts... One who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Now, to us, we don't really recognize a lot of times how much a talent is, but I want you to know if if you were here a few weeks ago, you may remember this. A talent was actually a a weight, a, a measurement that they would use to weigh certain amounts of money. And the talent was the biggest weight measurement they had. And depending on if this was a silver or gold talent, Whatever type of talent it was, 10,000 talents would have been worth, some commentators say, in the sum of like $6 billion today. This was a huge amount of money. This wasn't anything to just, you know, this wasn't lunch money. This was a huge amount of money, $6 billion Now, I want you to think about just for a moment, if somebody owed you $6 billion and didn't have the money to pay it back, how you'd feel about it? Well, here, in particular, we see a huge amount, and I want you to to look at what was said. Verse 26, it says he didn't have the money to pay it back. Verse 26, he fell face down before the master, before the king, and said, be patient with me, and I'll pay you everything. Now, as we read that, I want you to know the point that Jesus is making here is this was ridiculous to say. This man could have worked every day in his life and still not lived nearly long enough, had nearly the bank account to be able to pay off this debt. There was no way that this man could have paid off this debt, even though he promised. He could have never done it. And that's the point that Jesus is trying to make. And so here in this moment, the master, the king, he knows this. This is a huge amount of money. He knows what this servant has in his possession. He knows he can't pay it. And I want you to look at the master's response. Verse 27, then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. Now notice how Matthew, how Jesus words this for us in verse 27, the master of that servant. In other words, this man, this king, this master was in charge of this other guy. He could have done anything he wanted to toward this servant. He would have been totally right, totally justified to do anything he wanted because he was the master of this man. But what does he do? He has compassion. He forgives him. Man, as we think about something like that and put that into our own thoughts and minds, the idea of, of an insurmountable debt like that being forgiven... I mean, this is totally shocking. This is totally surprising. And the reaction from the hearers, the reaction from the readers, original readers, the reaction from us today should be, how could somebody do that? Like, this is amazing. And the point Jesus is trying to make is that this is exactly what God was doing and going to do through Jesus, through him, the fact that Jesus came so we could be forgiven our debts. And I think what happens in our lives is we don't realize the amount of debt we have accrued before God when it comes to our sins. The Bible says there is no way that we can pay off, no way that we can satisfy the wrath of God. That is why we dying without Christ, dying without forgiveness will spend eternity in hell because there is no way that we could ever pay it off. But yet through Jesus and what he came to do, the fact that he was fully God, the fact that he was fully man, the fact that he came and lived a sinless life and took the sin of the world upon him, the Bible says because he did these things and came back to life, now we can be forgiven. Now, I don't want you to miss that. Jesus is stressing the point that this is exactly what God has done for us. And because of that, we forgive because God has forgiven us. And when you think about forgiveness and having the mind of Christ, I want you to know when we truly forgive, it demonstrates the forgiveness of God within us. When we choose to forgive people, when we choose to forgive one another, it shows, it demonstrates what God has done for us and the fact that he has changed our minds to think in this way. Man, the Bible talks about this in Colossians 3.13. writer says, bear with one another, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, and then this is how he puts it, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also are to forgive. Man, when you think about what God has forgiven us, again, we could never repay it. We would never be able to, but God had compassion. He cared about us and he allowed us to walk free. Now the story doesn't end here. I want you to look at what happens after this servant goes free. Look at verse 28. That servant went out, found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, uh, in comparison, just so you know, a uh, hundred denarii was about a hundred days' wages. You would earn a denarius about uh, one, one a day. And so, in today's terms, a lot of people say somewhere around 10000 $15,000 is what this was. Still, a good amount of money, but definitely not an insurmountable amount of money. Definitely nothing compared to what the original servant owed. And so he found him, and look at what he does. Verse 28, he grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. He commands him to pay what he owes. And at this, verse 29 tells us, Jesus says his fellow servant fell down and began begging him, be patient with me and I'll pay you back. Now again, this is probably something this man could have done. Be patient and I'll pay you back. Give me some time to pay this and I'll work on it. But look at the response. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. As we look at this response, there's something that we kind of miss in English here that we don't actually get uh, in the English translation. In the Greek, this verb is an imperfect verb. It signals ongoing or continuation of action. And so in other words, the picture is, as this man is asking and begging, please forgive me, please forgive me, give, give me time to pay, give me time to pay, this man refuses and refuses and refuses This wasn't a one-time, no, I'm not going to, this wasn't a one-time decision. He was continually saying, no, I'm not going to, no, no, I I don't care what you say. I'm not going to give you time to pay it. I'm not going to do it. Continual refusal. And he went out and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. Now, what was missing here in this man's response that we see in the king's response? Compassion. Care, right? Compassion. You know, one of the reasons I think that we often don't forgive is just generally speaking, I think people in general today have very little to no compassion for one another, especially when it comes to somebody who's wronged them. You know, if you think about how self-centered and me-centered the world is, everything's about like what I want and what I think should be done for me and making sure my situation is good. And if we get caught up in that, we can have very little compassion for the people around us. And, you know, as we think about that, for the people who wrong us, our temptation is to have exactly the opposite toward them, to have hatred toward them, to try to get them back, to try to have revenge, those kind of things. And let me just ask you today, how are we living differently as Christians if we only show love to people who are kind to us? How are we living differently than anybody else if we're only nice to people or love people who love us back? In fact, Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. He says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We say that verse quite often, but let me read the rest of it. Verse 45, he goes on to say, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, For he causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. In other words, God's kindness pours out and spills over to everyone in different ways. And then listen to what Jesus says. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? In other words, if you only love people or show compassion to people who care about you, how are you different from everybody else? Christians should have compassion, have concern, have care for one another. We should have love for people. In fact, Jesus in John 13, 35, he says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And in thinking about this love and compassion, in Ephesians 4.32, it says, and be kind and compassionate to one another. And how do we show this? Listen, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. You see, when we truly forgive, it not only demonstrates the forgiveness of God within us, it demonstrates God's love, the love of God within us. Man, if you've been changed by God, if you're a Christian, you should love and have compassion the same way God does. And that should lead you to being willing to forgive other people. When as a Christian, think about this. When you forgive someone who doesn't deserve it, you have the opportunity to demonstrate to them the very same undeserved love and kindness God showed to you when he forgave you. Forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel message, and we 're to show that love by forgiving other people. And as you 're thinking about maybe that person today in your heart and your mind that you haven't forgiven, that you're holding that grudge toward, maybe even holding hatred toward, I want you to know that the mind of Christ, the, the heart of Christ, the, the love of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ, all of this should be poured out to other people. And we see the master's response here when this servant doesn't do this. Look at verse 31. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? In other words, what he's saying here, Jesus is emphasizing, this servant's reaction is exactly opposite to that of the master's. And not only that, it infuriated the master. And the king was so upset, look at what he, says, what he does in verse 34. Because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. And then Jesus gives us a stern warning in verse 35. So also, my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. See, if God's heart is forgiveness and you continually refuse to forgive people, Jesus warns not just in this passage but in other teachings that we have to make sure, like if we're continuing. To uh, to refuse to forgive people. We have to make sure that our hearts are truly submitted to Christ because that is what Christ does. That is what the gospel is about. And this part of the passage, we see this teaching in verse 34 and 35, and I'll be honest, it's a little bit difficult to interpret what exactly it means, but at the very least, we can say this is a major warning from Jesus to anyone who refuses to forgive people. And so at this point, we have to ask the question like, what should forgiveness look like? You know, we go back to what he said to to Peter at the beginning of this teaching, like being willing to forgive and, and easy to forgive. Luke 17, verse 3 through 4, has a similar idea. He says, be on your guard. If a brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Listen to this. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And so the question really isn't even about how much. I think we got to think about, like, what does that look like? And I think, you know, there are times that it's obvious when we haven't forgiven people. You know, we know it, and we make sure they know it. But there are some times where we try to look like we've forgiven people by maybe covering it over on the outside, but in our hearts, man, we know, we would love for something bad to happen to that person. We would love for just somehow that to get back around to them. We would love for them to just have some kind of falling out. But we're trying to make it look good on the outside. Notice what Jesus says in verse 35 unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your what heart from your heart and what does the heart mean well in greek thought the heart was the center of everything the mind the emotions the will everything in greek thought was connected to the heart in other words jesus is saying unless you truly emphasis on truly forgive someone with everything you have you have to heed this warning man, that's sobering. That should give us all pause and, and help us to consider the seriousness of this. Jesus is saying plainly that forgiven people forgive people. And today, we've seen that Christians are called to forgive one another because it demonstrates what God does for us. But I want to ask you today, as you think about this, maybe as you look at your life, you see maybe a bitterness toward people, maybe a refusal to acknowledge what God's done for you. And let me just say, I would be remiss talking about forgiveness if I didn't allow someone in here the opportunity to know what it's like to be forgiven by God. Man, the Bible says that we, as I mentioned earlier, as I mentioned in the baptism, we're dead in our sins apart from Christ, and we're headed straight for hell. But Jesus came because he loved us. The Bible says that Jesus was fully God, fully man. The Son of God is how Jesus was described over and over again. And God gave his most precious gift of his Son because he loved you and he knew that you could never repay that, but his Son could. And he gave his most precious gift on that cross so you could be forgiven, so you could have eternal life, so you could live a new life in Christ. And today, listen, if you want a new life, if you want eternal life in Christ, the Bible says that you have to repent, turn from those sinful things that you've been doing, thinking, uh, the ways that you've been rebelling against God, and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and came back to life for you. And the Bible says that when you do that, you can cross from death to life. You can be forgiven by God, this insurmountable debt. If that's you today, in just a few moments, we're going to have a time where we sing and invite folks to come and make decisions if you'd like. And if you want to come up here and make a decision or if you want to talk after church about it, listen, don't leave here without being forgiven by God. But I want you to know today that Jesus' primary message here as we look at Matthew 18 is not to unbelievers. Jesus' primary message is to people who claim to be Christians. And he's saying, if you claim to be a Christian, you should forgive people. Is there someone in your life that you are refusing to forgive? Today, through his word, through his spirit, God is calling you to forgive that person. And I'll just say, when we think about forgiveness, Again, relationships can be messy, and I'll acknowledge, when you forgive someone, that relationship, whether you want it to or not, it may not be able to go back exactly like it was before. But today, listen, you can forgive that person from your heart. As you think about that person you're thinking of today, if your heart is bitter and so hard that you have no desire to forgive then God's word would caution us and tell us that we need to be getting on our knees and praying for ourselves, praying for that person, praying that God would do a work in our hearts that we could come to terms with forgiving. Maybe in your heart you desire to forgive, but because of what you've been through, you found it extremely difficult. That happens. But let me say to you as well, if that's the case, You need to get on your knees and pray to God, God, please help me to do this. Help me through the power of your spirit to come to that place that I can forgive. Again, I know because I've been here a number of years, I know some of your stories. I know there are many stories in this room that I don't know. But as we think about this today, I can tell you this, that all of us are commanded to forgive, and when we forgive and show love and grace to one another, man, God's light shines through us so brightly. And so let me encourage you today. Maybe you haven't been to the altar in a long time. Maybe you feel like, if I come down, I can't get on my knees and pray. Let me encourage you. Come sit on the front row. Come kneel down at the altar. Pray for that person. Pray for yourself to be able to forgive. Pray for that person in your life that you just are holding on to a grudge. God loves us and is willing to forgive our offenses when we ask, and the truth is, we're called to do the same toward one another. Let's be Christians, let's be people of God that are marked, that are identified by our willingness to forgive. Father, as we think about your word today, We looked last week, we even looked some today, at the great amount that you're willing to forgive us. Lord, we know that because we are people who are still torn sometimes between the flesh and the spirit, that sometimes we don't forgive as we should. Sometimes we have a hard time. We still live in a broken world where relationships are messy. Lord, I pray for that person here today who's been holding on and harboring unforgiveness in their heart, I pray that today you would help them release that. Lord, I pray for that person here today who maybe has made this type of lifestyle of unforgiveness a habit in their lives. If that's the case, I pray, Lord, that you would help them search their heart and make sure they've really submitted their lives to you. Lord, I pray for the person here today who's yet to know the forgiveness of you and that they would come to find that today through repentance and faith in Jesus. Lord, this type of message is one that impacts us all to some degree. And I pray that through the power of your spirit you would move in our hearts that we would commit to the things we need to do today and walk away from this place living differently.